Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, for Monday, October 18th, 2021. What's going on? How are you? How's it going? How's it going, everybody? I hope you're having a better day than I am. I have a splitting headache. Jesus Christ, I got a headache. I've had it for like a day now. Or two days or something like that. It's just, um, I don't know what. It's just this fucking lingering cold that won't go away. I get tested for COVID. It's not COVID. I don't know what it is. But every time I start to like get on the other side of it, like an asshole, I'll go smoke a cigar. Thinking I'm on the other side of it. And then, you know, it fucking comes back again. <laughs> but I had... I had an amazing time in Atlanta, even though I didn't even go out, really. Really. I didn't really even go out. I just fucking stayed in my hotels. And not even because I was quarantining like a good little liberal, wagging my finger at you guys and your four-wheelers on your way to your Waffle House. <laughs> I, I had all this fucking work to do. I have so much fucking work to do. Uh, that, uh, that instrument rating is slipping away from me. I just don't know if I'm going to have time to do it because I wrote a script and people might buy it and I have to do a rewrite on it. And I just, but then I was just thinking like, you know what? Well, all I got to do is just fucking take the written test again. And then I got another two years to do it and I'll just time it out. But until then, I'm still going to fly three, four times a week doing approaches. And I'm still going to look at fucking all this shit, my flashcards and all of that stuff. So I'll just be ready to go. I'll just be ready to go. I'll stay sharp on that, fine tune it. I don't know when the fuck it's going to happen, but feel like a fucking loser, man, but it is what it is. If I try to do all of this shit, something's going to suffer, and it's going to be my dad time with my kids, and I'm not doing that. Because speaking of that, speaking of that, one of the best fucking holidays to be a parent with little kids is coming up 13 days away, baby. Halloween. I cannot fucking wait. You know, I think the kids are going to be able to go out this year. You know, they're wearing masks, right? <laughs> They'll be fine. I hope. I just remember how excited my daughter was a couple of years ago. We got my uh, my wife bought this little like dinosaur suit for my son. It's fucking the cutest thing ever. The little spikes going down in the tail and all of that. And he just walks around looking adorable as hell. Um, yeah, it's gonna be awesome, man. I'm really uh, I'm really excited for that. And I have that weekend off, and I'm not doing shit. I'm making pumpkin bread. And I'm hanging with the kids, doing what I'm supposed to do so I don't lay in a deathbed someday, fucking thinking I blew it. So anyway, let's get back to Atlanta. What a great city, great state, great people and all of that. And the universe has a way of balancing that. If you're going to go to Atlanta and see all those beautiful people and eat all that wonderful food and see that whole nightlife and all that great shit that's going on, the universe is like, all right, well, you got to pay for that. I'll be paying for that. The most hellacious traffic you'll ever sit in. Other than L.A. trying to get from one side of the 405 to the other around fucking 4 o'clock. It's actually worse at 4 than it is at 5 because everybody leaves around 3.30 thinking they're getting a jump and then not. 5 still sucks, but I don't think it sucks as bad as 4. It's kind of weird. So we played uh, three different venues, me and Dean Del Rey. Oh, and then I have a couple of friends that live down there. One of them, Todd Parker. He jumped on uh, two of the three nights, hung out every single night. And um, 
he's a guy uh, I started after him in Boston. He's only like a year older than me, but he started like three, four years before me, or three years before me, I think. And the first time I ever did stand-up, he was, uh, I was in that comedy competition, Find Boston's Funniest College Student, and lo and behold, he was one of the judges. So that was pretty cool. We always talk about that, whatever. We had a great time doing what we always do, hanging out, laughing, busting each other's balls, talking about our kids and everything. So it was great to see him. And then another comic that I've been friends with forever, Vanessa Fraction, who's been crushing it in uh, Atlanta. A lot of people don't know, Atlanta is like sort of like a mini Hollywood. You got all that Tyler Perry stuff going on there. They shoot movies there all the time. Obviously, the show Atlanta is shot there, I believe, unless they just take the exteriors. I believe it's all shot there. But um, yeah, I've known her for forever, and she she jumped on the last night. She absolutely killed, which was great. So a nice wide variety bunch of different we had like four comics on you know the last two shows that i did which by the way was the worst traffic that night because the venue was right next to where the braves play their new one that they moved closer to the people they had to move it closer to the white people so they wouldn't be sitting in that fucking traffic like they literally weren't sure i thought they didn't show up because they're like well the braves are in it every year i'll wait for the world series after having sat in that traffic, I will never trash Braves fans for not going to a game. I would never go to a game. <laughs> I would never go to a fucking game. Oh, my God, dude. We sat. We sat at a light. I swear to God. For about 25, 30 minutes trying to get through it. And then the next light was like another 15 minutes. And the whole time, I can see the baseball stadium and the venue. And nobody's going anywhere, and everybody's getting frustrated, and everybody starts driving like the way they drove in Boston, Massachusetts back in the day. I don't know if they still drive that way. I was there for a week this summer. They didn't seem nearly as aggressive as I remember. But, um, yeah, there was definitely fuck you on blocking the intersection because I'm not waiting another light. I'm just not. Okay? I'm just not. I ain't doing it. Fuck off, man. Don't beep at me. I got a gun too, right? That type of shit. But it was kind of cool though. Like the the uh, the NLCS Dodgers versus the Braves was going on as we were coming in. People going in. You could hear the crowd. You felt the excitement and all of that. It was really awesome. And uh, had I known it didn't, I don't think it sold out. I would have tried to dip in in between shows. I definitely stood out there to listen to the crowd when I, in between shows. I just literally just walk out the door, stick my head out. I felt like I was in, uh, you know, those old baseball stories, Billy Crystal's era, you know, when they had all three baseball teams were in uh, – in New York City, and the fucking players would take the train to the ballpark or whatever. Like I, fe- that's what it felt like. I'm just walking out of my my house or something, and there's a giant baseball stadium, and he had the sound of the crowd and smelling the food and all that. So it was really, uh, really awesome. But I will tell you that fucking traffic. Ugh. No, thank you. No fucking thank you. I remember that years ago. 2017, I did. Um, I did a movie down there called The Front Runner. And I remember one night we were, we rapped and we got in the van and I was sitting in the van and for a half hour I could see my hotel and I kept asking the driver if I could just get out and walk. 
And he said, unfortunately, I can't because if you get hit, it, you know, I'm going to lose my job. The production's going to have to stop. Blah, 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 blah. So I just had to sit in this fucking van. <laughs> just sitting there like it's right there. It's right fucking there. Um, but I always, once you get where you're going in Atlanta, you always, always, always have a good time. Everything in Atlanta is a good time. Even their teddy bars back in the day when I went there it was more like a party rather than the creepiness of, uh, of, uh, the other titty bars, you know, I don't know. That's <laughs> every time I go there, I think about doing the rich bitch tour with the late, great Charlie Murphy, rest his soul and Don L Rawlings. And that one, oh my God, I don't, I gotta, I gotta have Don L on one time. Talk about all these fucking stories. He got so fucking mad at me. <laughs> He got so fucking, he got mad at me and Charlie did it too. It was fucking hilarious. He went on last and he was just going and going and he was just feeling it. He just kept going and going and we had merch. We wanted to sell the merch. And the thing is, if you go too long, you burn out the crowd. They're not going to buy any of these fucking t-shirts, these stupid itchy t-shirts that we made. And he just kept going and going and going And me and Charlie go, what the fuck is he doing? Show him over a half hour ago. He's still going. So we get into the sound booth. And, you know, it's all black in the sound booth. He can't see. So the guy in the sound booth turned the light on. And, and he looked and he saw the light come on. Both me and Charlie stood there. We put our arms up like, dude, what the fuck? And he just did the big, you know, with the hand, like, get the fuck out of here. And he did like another fucking 20 minutes. <laughs> he got on stage. He was so fucking mad. You don't give me the light, son. Nobody gives me light, son. You know, all this shit, right? <laughs> and I'm sitting there going like, Donnell, the fuck? It's like a fucking three-hour show. We're not Led Zeppelin. We, got, we don't sell these T-shirts. We got to fucking bring them back. We have this big fucking fuck you, fuck you fight. And then like 20 minutes later, we were in a bar laughing about it. And that was that tour. Um, we had such a fucking great time. One time, Donnell, we were in Nashville. And we went to this country-ass bar, and he fucking went up on stage and did karaoke. He's got a really good voice and crushed this country song. <laughs> it's just like, I never saw that coming. Went to this total fucking, everybody in there had cowboy boots on and wranglers but us. And he went up there. He went up there. I still remember it. He had a cigarette. He grabbed the microphone, and me and Charlie were already laughing. And then he just fucking killed it. Fucking killed it. God damn it, man! I miss Charlie. That was such a fun tour. Just being on that show was so much fun. Um, I actually saw Donnell. Uh, what was it? A couple nights ago? A few weeks ago? I don't know what the fuck it was. It was Sunday night. Chocolate Sundays. <laughs> I swear to God, it's the name of the show. At the Laugh Factory. I went down the store and they weren't having a show. So I came back and I, I did that one. And I needed to to do a set. I forget why. I think I had oh, I had shows or something on the road. So I wanted to, you know, shake the rust off on one out here. And, uh, dude, he was up there murdering. And I went up and had to work my ass off to just have a mediocre set. It had some of the best shit that he's I've ever seen him do. The best shit, I should say. So check him out if you get a chance. Um, look at me spreading the fucking love on this podcast. Giving shouts out to other even, even despite the fact that I have a headache 
in a little bit of a fucking cold. You know, this fucking cold is like some relative that, you know, I'm only going to stay a couple of days and it's just been like a month. It's just like, dude, you know, you don't know any chicks in this town. You can fucking sleep on a couch. Fuck out of here. So tonight I'm, I'm going to try to like, I'm going to try to knock this thing out. I'm going to try to knock this thing out, man. That's what I'm going to try to do. Um, so anyway, let's talk ALCS, baby. The Boston Red Sox. What the fuck is going on? Their bats are on fire. Fucking grand slam. In the first inning, I, of course, missed it because I had shows, and I was also watching the LSU LSU Florida game, which was like Madden football. No field goals, just touchdown. Next team, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. It was like 42 to 42 with like nine minutes to go. I can't even remember the last thing. LSU scored the last touchdown and then picked, uh, intercepted the ball and was able to uh, run out the clock after that. It was like 49-42, something crazy like that. Uh, and then somebody texted me and said, dude, the fucking socks. And I looked and it was eight to nothing after two innings. And people were bitching that the, uh, the fuck we played, the Astros. They were doing some sneaky shit. That's a funny thing. The Astros now have that fucking stink on them, you know? <laughs> Anything they do now, they're going to be like, oh, they're cheating. They're fucking cheating, you know? I love that. They're cheating. All these fucking asshole fans, you know? They're fucking cheating. What about the steroid era? Everybody was. You know, what about the fact that we have bottled water because corporations don't give a fuck and they pour it in the river to the point you have to buy clean water, which isn't really clean water. The ones in the plastic bottles, they sit in fucking warehouses for years. Uh, I don't know. So somebody bitched about it on the Red, Red Sox side and then somebody made a deflate gate comment. Hey, don't get upset. You know, don't don't let these don't let the Astros let all the air out of your ball is what they said, which was funny. But I really sat back. I was like, wow, that is the greatest one of the great smear campaigns of all time. The deflate gate thing like that was actually legit. That's right up there with mama cats choked on a chicken bone from the mamas and the papas. Everybody said that when I was growing up. Everybody said that. And then years later, it was like, no, she had a heart attack. That's what happened. She wasn't fucking eating chicken too fast and choked on a fucking chicken bone. That's not what happened. <laughs> um, anyway, so we will see what happens. I mean, uh, it's fucking nuts. If the Red Sox can get by the Astros, it's great. Because if we play the Dodgers, there's a rematch. Right, And then the Dodgers also have a chance to go back-to-back, and it's also Boston versus L.A., beat L.A. That's a great one. Or we play the Atlanta Braves, who used to be the Boston Braves, and then became the Milwaukee Braves, and then the Atlanta Braves. And I think there was something else before that, before they were the Boston Braves. Um, So they'll say all of that, and they'll bring up fucking how Babe Ruth finished his career with the fucking Braves. I think the Boston Braves, believe it or not. I'm not sure. They're going to bring up all of that stuff, and it's going to be fucking wonderful. And if the Red Sox win the World Series, that's number 10. And we are in double digits with the championship. You know? 
which is pretty cool, you know, for a little fucking city with four teams, 17 NBA titles, nine World Series, six Stanley Cups, six Super Bowls. That's pretty fucking good. Not like everybody says. Um, sorry. Um, so anyway, this morning we get to the uh, we get to the airport, and there's this poor kid just freaking out. Like I, it's been a while since I've seen a kid freaking out like this. And then this asshole in a Dodgers hat. He must have gone to the game. Looks at his girlfriend or his wife and just goes like, "Fucking kid, better not be fucking sitting next to me." I just looked at him. I just. <laughs> I love people that get mad at children. <laughs> I just don't understand it. I was joking about that on stage. You know, when I was a kid, I, I saw like men yelled at babies when I was a kid. It was fucking hilarious. Or yelled at their wife. Guys, yeah, shut that fucking kid. <laughs> just don't understand it. So this kid was, was fucking, this kid went in, was having a temper tantrum. And, uh, yeah, everybody was sitting there going like, oh, my God, this is going to be a loud-ass flight. But uh, but also kind of, you know, laughing like, you know, that's what happens. When you fly, there'll be a kid, and a kid's going to freak out. It happens. And at the end of the day, it's a kid. So why would you get mad at a kid? Right? So, um, I don't know. I just sort of stared at the guy. I was... I was like, what am I, why am I staring at this guy? This guy's half my fucking age. He could throw me down to fucking baggage claim. Maybe because I had a fucking headache and I want to be just like, really, dude? It's a kid, man. What the fuck are you doing? Fucking keep it off. Fucking fuck. Who says that about a kid? Huh? I'll tell you who. A Dodger fan. Oh, I'm already, I'm already warming up the shit talk for the World Series if it happens. A Dodger fan. The kinds of fans that kick a father to death in front of their kids. All right, it's been said. How come they don't get more shit for that? Jesus Christ, people bring up Deflategate all the time. We didn't kill anybody. <laughs> um, oh, the West Coast. Someday they'll learn to just, you know, stop at just shit talk and having fun that nobody needs to get fucking stabbed. Um... All right, now I'm going to have all the fucking L.A. people crying at me. All right. That's kind of what happens nowadays. Um, so anyway, the kid was totally cool the whole time on the plane. And uh, until we started descending and then, like, you know, her ears were bugging her. So she was getting upset by that. But she was yelling so much. I'm like, she's actually going to clear it out. And I think she did. And then she was fine. And I was really happy for her. And I was also really happy that nobody yelled at the kid because I've seen that happen. I saw a guy do that on the red line one time the subway in Boston. We were fucking somewhere in, near like Quincy on our way out to like, you know, on the Braintree line. And this guy got up. This woman's kid was crying. He got, and there was only like five people on the train. And he got up. <laughs> walked over to this mother just by herself, a young mom with the kid. And said, can you shut that kid up and blah, 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 blah. And I was sitting there going like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's doing that, right? But I didn't do anything. And then this woman, this black woman got up and just fucking laid into the guy. Going, what the hell's going on? 
It's a baby. Get over there and sit down. She goes, damn. <laughs> I sat down, and then I just felt like the biggest pussy ever that I didn't do anything. Uh, but I didn't. Old Freckles kept his fucking mouth shut. I was like, I don't want to get into a fight on this fucking train. <laughs> I don't need that. This guy's going to yell at a baby and then beat me up. I don't fucking, well, you know, just want to get to my fucking piece of shit car and get home. Um, so anyway, oh, another thing. Like there wasn't enough traffic. This is so funny. We go to leave and we go to go to the airport and there's a fucking marathon. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. But fortunately, where we were at, all the people that were going to run it had already gone by. So it was just sort of the walkers and like the old people. You cannot fucking believe the shape that some people are in and they get through a marathon. I was looking at some of them. I'm like, oh, my God. In my shape, I wouldn't want to walk five miles. I walk five miles in the bottom of my feet, you know, start getting like whatever you call those things. They start getting like, uh, start peeling and shit. Like, I can't fucking handle it. I mean, obviously, you go out and get, I guess you get a new sneaker, you get some fucking inserts or something like that. But I was looking at these people like, yeah, you know, good for you. Jesus Christ. It was the fucking, you know, it was the Hojo crowd. <laughs> I saw them, they were walking along. They'd run a little bit and then they would walk. And then I saw like there was a clock and it just said 20 miles to go. I was like, fuck me. Has anybody ever done that? I don't want to talk to somebody. that. Well, if you ran one, let me know. But also like you're just out of shape, right? And you just say, I'm going to fucking do, I, I'm just going to do this. Like, I guess if you just keep, you know, just keep going, you can do it. But, oh, my God. You know, I've been really dedicated to a few things in life, but everything else, I never had a problem quitting it. <laughs> and that would be one of them. You know what? I think I could run like half of it and then I'll just walk the rest of it. And then what I would do is I would run like maybe two or three miles, and then I would walk maybe, you know, I would be like, all right, I'm quitting at eight. I'd quit at eight miles. Then I'd be in traction. Oh, my God. If I walked fucking eight miles, that would be the end of my week. And these fucking people, like, I I keep thinking people are older than me, and I forget how old I am, you know, because now I see people because I've taking care of myself, you know, I use lotion and shit, but you know, if you didn't use lotion and you just kept fucking eating Cinnabon and fucking shotgun and beers, by the time you're 53 years old, man, you, you can look like a fucking sea captain. (laughs) Like some fucking lobster fisherman, man, like all fucking weathered and shit. I've seen a few people where I'm just like, God damn, I'm older than I got you by five fucking years. You know, it makes me feel good about myself because I'm vain. But on the other side, I'm like, you know, this guy's really actually showing me how old I am. I'm really not fooling anybody. Just because I keep painting the house. I keep putting lotion on my face is what I do. Like the fucking fighting Irish. They keep, they paint their helmets before every game. So they look special. I think that that's why they do it. So everybody knows that they're coming. Um, or is that their nod? You know? They're they're wearing their sin on top of their head. 
having gold helmets and they, they spray paint the gold before every game, reminding uh, all the parishioners of the, the, the gold that, you know, was found after World War II that they had somehow gotten from the Nazis that were taken from Jews. <laughs> Isn't that what happened? Can you imagine what what kind of side deals was the Vatican making when that whole thing is going down? Okay? And they're running this business. Now, who's kidding who? The Catholic Church is basically Netflix before Netflix. It's like Netflix with religion. They went global with that shit. And now they're sitting there, and all their customers are killing each other, right? And they're sitting in that sovereign state, Vatican City. Now, there's no fucking way they weren't talking to both sides. Right? That had to have been happening. There was a lot of that from what I heard. Even on the Allied side. I've heard talks about America doing it, fucking England doing it. There was a lot, there was a lot of chatter. There was a lot of chatter. People trying to position themselves. Let me see. Catholic Church position in World War Two. All right. I wrote war, W-O-A-R. I don't know why I wrote that like boar. World War II. Here we go. What do we got here? All right. Vatican records. Why do they always keep records? I don't understand that. If you're doing fucked up shit, why do you write it down? Or why don't you just lie and say, ah, you know, (laughs) we we were on the Allied side. Pope Pius XII was silent during the Holocaust. Yeah, I mean, that would be like if one streamer you know, against another streaming company if they find out that all the customers for their streaming company were getting fucking murdered, they would be like, hey, that's more fucking, less competition. So many layers to this, especially if you're dumb like me and you just plug in your own theories without really reading about it. Now the Vatican records may reveal whether he collaborated with the Nazis. Well, I think the fact that he kept his fucking mouth shut I think he was sitting there at the very least going like, all right, I don't know who's going to win, but I want to survive. And this little sweaty guy with his silly little mustache doesn't seem to be mad at us yet. So why start that? Okay. This guy obviously does not fear the afterlife considering what he's doing. So, and he has tanks with fucking Porsche engines in them. Uh, We need, okay. It was a Saturday. Shabbat, what does that mean? Shabbat, Shabbat ranks. In October 1943, the Nazis had been occupying Rome for a month, which is where the Vatican is for other morons out there like me. An hour before sunrise, they surrounded the Jewish ghetto and began La Razia, the roundup. Evil bastards. Within a few hours, more than a thousand Italian Jews, mostly women and children, heartless fucking bastards, had been herded together a few blocks from the walls of Vatican City. As one, uh, Why wouldn't they let them go into the walls? Why wouldn't they save themselves? Preservation. As one Nazi ambassador later put it, the Jews were loaded into trucks and taken away under the Pope's very windows. Whether the Pope witnessed the deportation or not, he said nothing. 
Only 16 of those Jews would survive. There you go. There you go. I looked up one thing and I read it. I didn't even read the whole thing. And now I will tell that story until I eat too many trans fats and forget it. All right. So, yeah, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. Uh, you know, or the other way to do it was you remain neutral. Like, you know, I don't want to get involved in this. I don't want to get involved in this. Like Sweden. Don't want to get involved, okay? We're just, you know, we're just conscious, uh, consciously, uh, not even objectors. We're just just sort of watching this, <laughs> watching it unfold. Do you know, I've told this story before, that Sweden wasn't an economic power at that time before the war, but after the war, they became an economic power for the fact that they were just, they were still standing and their city was functioning because uh, everything else had been fucking laid to waste. And one of the things that they did was they looked the other way when the Nazis came in to Sweden to go into Norway to uh, take those guys over. And they looked the other way and let them use their own train system. And, uh, if I remember correctly, this is how the, the Swedes told me this, that Norway, Sweden had used to own the, the lower third of their country. And Norway, through whatever negotiations or whatever, they, they'd finally gotten it back. And then World War II happened, and Sweden let the Nazis get on their trains and go into Norway and fucking, you know, fuck shit up over there. And the war ends. Sweden's still standing, so they're a massive economic power just because their lights are still on. Norway is in disarray, and at one point they actually tried to sell what they got back back to Sweden just to get out of just to get the fucking economy going. And Sweden said no. You know, really cunty move. Said no. But then the irony of all ironies is they discovered a bunch of oil. I don't know if it's in that part of the land. <laughs> and now Norway has a ton of fucking money, and this. The Swedish guy said, yeah, now we go into Norway and we do the jobs that Norwegians don't want to do. How fucking funny is that? Look at Bill. Look at this. like becoming a little moron history for you here. All right, let me read the... uh, Let me read the... um, The advertising here. All right, simply safe, everybody. There's big news from my favorite home security company. Simply Safe just launched their wireless outdoor security camera. That's right. Jesus Christ. They're inside. Now they're outside. Time these guys are done, they're going to have, they're going to fucking be able to film the burglar from his hideout all the way to your house. That's right. Simply Safe, the system that U.S. News and World Report names best home security system of 2021 just got even better. This brand new outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced technology and security features you want and need to help keep you and your family safe. It has an ultra-wide 140-degree field of view so you can keep watch over your entire yard. It has 1080p HD resolution, whatever that means. Sounds impressive. With an eight-time zoom. Get all up in that guy's face. See who the fuck he is. You don't see a lot of women burglars, do you? Uh, What means, that means you can zoom in. It seems like women shoplift. Guys like to break in. Am I doing like 80s stand-up right now? 
with like, you know, breaking and entering. What's the deal with shoplifting? Ladies love shoplifting. Guys are like, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to break a window. Uh, that means you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces and license plates to capture critical evidence. Dude, how psyched are the cops? Here's his face. Here's his license plate. Just go down. It's like Postmate. <laughs> Just go down and pick him up. It has a built-in spotlight with color night vision so you can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. It's super simple to set up and ease. usually just takes minutes. And it has an easy-to-remove rechargeable battery so it doesn't need an outlet and can go anywhere on your property. This camera has it all, and it integrates with your Simply Safe home security system, extending its protection to the outside. Together, it means every door, window, and room are protected, and now your property will be too. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com slash burr. That's S I M P L I S A F E dot com. Sorry, slash burr. What's more, Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system. And your first month of monitoring service free when you're enrolling in interactive monitoring. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash burr. All right. Oh, policy genius. You know, compared to pumpkin patch photo shoots and costume planning, shopping for life insurance with policy genius can be one of the, le- the easiest tasks on your October to-do list. Why? Why? Policy Genius. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? You can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You can save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policies. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies, so you can trust them to help na- you navigate every step of the shopping and buying process. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius thousands of five-star reviews across Trustpilot and Google. An eligible applicant can get covered in as little as a week, thanks to an award-winning policy option that swaps the standard medical exam requirement for a simple phone call. This exclusive policy has recently was recently rated number one by Forbes Advisor, higher than options from Ladder, Ethos, and Bestow. Getting started is easy. First, head to PolicyGenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to find your best price. When you're ready, the Policy Genius team will handle the paperwork and scheduling for free. Policy Genius doesn't add on extra fees. Head to PolicyGenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. Oh, and lastly, but not leastly, stamps. .com. You've heard me talk about Stamps.com. They've been sponsoring the show for over nine years now. And if you haven't tried it, what the hell are you waiting for? Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly one million businesses. Look at that, 1998, almost the height of the .com uh, 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 bubble. And they survived because they were actually a legit company. As opposed to Pets.com and all of that shit. It's worth $5 million zillion dollars stamps.com 
brings the service of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer, no special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com, with Stamps.com's new rate advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timeless and timelines to easily find the best option. There's no risk. And with my promo code Burr, you can get a special offer. That includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr. That's Stamps.com. Promo code Burr, stamps.com, never, ever go to the post office again. All right. <clears throat> All right, now here we go. We're getting into the emails here. I, and somebody tore me a fucking new one. Coming up, some lady just thinks I'm the fucking worst person that ever lived, evidently. All right. Uh, dial, dying while living out worst fears. <laughs> Hey, Billy Redsack. I love that one. That's like right to the fucking point. Hey, Billy Redsack. Uh, I'm a few weeks behind, but you've asked for examples of people dying in the midst of living out their worst fears. Did I ask for that? I have one of the worst with a link to the news story, too. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. There was a nurse who was prepping a patient for an MRI. The patient was very claustrophobic, so asked for a sedative to help her relax. Yeah, those MRIs, man. You know, I've had a couple of those. I just, I always just say I can breathe and there's nothing on my chest, so it doesn't bother me. But I don't, I don't suffer like from claustrophobia. Like, you know, you got to do like my older brother used to sit on my chest and I can't breathe and you start freaking out. I hate that shit. So I can't imagine people that are claustrophobic going into those things. So anyway, the doctor ordered Versed, which is like a Valium. The nurse couldn't find Versed in the medication dispenser, probably because that is a brand name. So she got Vecaronium instead. Vecaronium is a medication used in surgery to paralyze all the muscles of the body so the patient doesn't thrash around while being operated on. It also paralyzes your muscles of breathing, which is why in surgery you have to have a breathing tube put in. Oh, my God. I asked you to send this in. This is fucking horrific. It only paralyzes your muscles. It doesn't sedate or knock you out. So it is never given alone, as it would be a terrible feeling to not be able to move, speak, or breathe on your own, but to be able to feel everything happening. Well, that's what happened to the woman in the MRI. Oh, my God, she couldn't call for help. She was already claustrophobic, and then when she slid into the narrow tube, she was given the drug to help her relax. She became fully paralyzed and couldn't call out or squeeze the panic ball they give you to signal for help. So she died of suffocation in a small enclosed place, helpless and fully conscious until the end. Well, oh my God. Well, how quick does the medicine come on? I mean, if she couldn't call out from help in the very beginning, maybe it came on quickly. And if I've ever seen those UFC, I remember one time watching Steve O get choked out, like he was out immediately. 
I hope, for this person. I'm not claustrophobic, but in terms of living through your worst fears and having the worst happen, I think that one takes the cake. Jesus Christ. Here's a story about it. Tennessean.com. Jesus Christ. There's one for Tennessee. Get your MRI in Kentucky. Or go south down to Georgia. Uh, Lady listener. Oh, this is the lady that just fucking rips me a new one. Rips me a new one. Uh, And what I love about it is she already like, she's so emotional and so mad that right above, she goes, lady listener dash fucking above your pay grade. You know, so her ego's in check. Dear Bilbo T. Baggins. Uh, wait, is this the one? No, no, no. This isn't the one. Is this the lady? There was a couple that ripped me this week. No, no, I think this is the lady. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this the one? Uh, wait a minute. Where the fuck is this email? It didn't come in. I'm going to have to edit this part out because I'm just sitting here babbling. Wondering where the fuck it, this thing is. No, there was some woman giving me shit about saying stuff about the fucking pink stuff in the NFL. Where the hell is that one? This other woman's just giving me shit saying I'm unfuckable. <laughs> like I didn't already know that. It's like, you know. I go out in the world with this face. I, you know, I went up to bat with this hand that I was dealt. Um, Where's fears? Oh, pink shit comic. Okay. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Okay. 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 Pink shit comic comment. Dear Billy Clueless. I was incredibly surprised by your ignorant comments about breast cancer awareness events in the NFL during the commercial read of your MMP um, well, then you're obviously not a regular listener. I always was talking about how they wore that pink stuff and then that whole, that wasn't, I'll wait to the end. I'll wait to the end about talking about this shit. First, your sexist comment about it being the month of the lady. Oh, that wasn't a cute thing. Month of the lady. <laughs> okay, I'm sexist. I mean, I am according to other women, so I guess you're another woman say that, completely degrades women in general. How? If I say the month of June is gay pride month, does that degrade gay people? Oh, I guess because I said the lady. What was I supposed to say? The warriors? Okay, don't say you were just kidding. You weren't. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> what the fuck? Is, why are you talking to me like you're my parent? Now, don't say you ju- you were just kidding. You weren't. This is this is what it's like to do stand up now. How they took it is how you meant it, and you you tell them I didn't mean it that way. You're lying. All right. Evidently, you know what my thoughts are. Okay, this was evident by your next dumbass comment. Wait a minute. My next dumbass, my whole podcast is one dumbass comment after another. Why are you fucking dying on this hill? You could have chose all of these other, you could have got outside yourself and had empathy 
for somebody else that didn't suffer from something. But no, 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 not you. But wait, you're a better person. All right. This was evident by your next dumbass comment. I kind of like this. I like Because half the times I forget what I said. Saying, what's up with all the pig shit? Well, I'm a comedian. I mean, that's how we get into subjects. What's the deal with pig shit? Now you have no idea what that moment is about. Oh, I can explain that to you. Yeah, that whole cancer awareness and holding that thing up. I, I Believe it or not, people are aware that there is cancer. And people are aware that people have died of it. Do you know how many fucking friends and family I have lost to cancer? Do you have any fucking idea? All right? If you were at a party, I wouldn't fucking bring a sign and hold the guy's fucking name up in front of you and ruin your fucking party. You know, I, this is the thing. I watch sports to escape that. I do benefits all the fucking time for this shit. I meet the people. I see them in the beds fucking withering away. I saw my buddy like that. Yeah, like I'm watching a football game. Everything on Facebook, all of this shit is all gloom and doom. All the news is gloom and doom. The Weather Channel is gloom and doom. I have one oasis to watch a bunch of people have a ball and try to get it across the fucking goal line and people have to bring up gloom and doom again. That's what I mean. Like, why are you doing that? Why are they doing that? Anyway, and if you knew anything about the NFL, which I don't think... You uh, not that you don't know about this sport, like they have had a sort of a like a checkered past when it comes up comes to these types of things where it looks like they're doing these things and they're actually making a fuckload of money off of it, which I believe the first time they did the pink thing. um, From what I read, allegedly, remember those pink jerseys you'd buy and you think, wait, my, you know. My aunt or uncle died of cancer. I'm going to buy this pink jersey, and this is, you know, so nobody else has to go through it. Evidently, like half of 1% of the money for the jersey went to cancer, and the rest of it went to the NFL. That's what I read. It's kind of like when they did the support the troops thing, and they would cut to a troop sitting in the crowd, and you thought, oh, look at them. They're patriotic. And then you found out that they, when whoever they were showing, be it a Marine or, an, or a, a Navy guy or whatever, they charge that branch of the service for a commercial. So, all right, but whatever. But, uh, you know, let's get back to her ripping me a new one. It's about educating women about a disease that kills far more women than COVID-19, a virus you relentlessly talk about. Well, wait a minute. Now I'm offended. Okay? Are you saying that all of those people, I mean... How many people need to die before I don't talk? You're doing the same thing to me. So not enough people talk died of COVID. So you find me talking about it relentless. <laughs> All right, I'll try to ease it up. Uh, early detection is vital to surviving cancer. Really? Oh, there's some new information. Everybody knows that. I got yet another colonoscopy. I got fucking Jacques Cousteau going up my ass here in another fucking month. But but that you know, I almost forgot that that was that there was gonna camera was gonna go up my ass. I I almost forgot, but thank God that guy had a, okay. I all right. I I get it. I get it now. I I see your point. Um, as a person who has seen breast cancer completely destroy families, 
Well, who hasn't? It could have been prevented with early detection. I applaud the NFL for trying to make a difference. Okay, now they're right there. Your heart is in the right place. Okay? You ever go out on a date, ma'am, and you date a guy, you go on a date with a guy, and you just think he's a dreamboat. And then after your date, you're talking him up to your friend, and your friend just has this look on her face or his face. And you're like, what? What's going on? Yeah, you know, you might not want to have a second date with that guy. That guy, you know, he's a little shady. <laughs> I'm sure he I'm sure he was nice. I'm sure he was polite. I'm sure he held the door. That's what the NFL is. You just have to know that, okay? Um, I'll leave it at that. And you can enjoy yourself thinking that their heart is in the right place. Their heart is at the bank, always. Um, if you, if having quote the pink shit on the field helps educate and encourage women viewers on their sig or their significant others to discuss early detection and save lives, then yeah, it's worth your clueless ass being annoyed by it. All right. <laughs> okay. I mean, look. I've been watching the NFL and I've seen what they've been doing for the better part of a half a century. And, uh, you know, okay. I mean, these are the same people who also knew that the players were getting brain damage and they, they suppressed the fucking information. And now they've settled out of court for these like pathetic sums. And now they're fucking with people's money. And I'm reading this thing that they, Great on a racial curve as far as they're just using all these fucking flim flam ways to try to get out of paying it. But I'm sure they're I'm sure their heart's in the right place here. And I am a clueless idiot and I'm sexist and I'm a fucking moron. And uh, I shouldn't relentlessly talk about covid because not enough people have died of that. And it hasn't led to yet another great small business down the road going out of business. That's great. Yeah. So I'll shut up about that. Um Anyways, think of it this way. If the, if the pink shit caused you and the lovely Nia to have a conversation that leads to her being more aware of the disease and how to prevent it, you should be thankful for the pink shit. Now, first of all, like this is really condescending. How fucking dumb do you think I am? That I just sit there and I go, uh, I don't know, breast cancer exists. And then some pink fucking sweatband goes by. Oh, wait a minute. I need to have a talk with my wife. Anyway, she goes, I know this. Your children will be thankful that it may have saved your mom's life. <laughs> Jesus, how hard is this person trying to sell their point, bringing my, my family right into it? My wife gets checkups. Okay, I get checked for the ass cancer. I have people look at my heart. I do all of this shit. Because I've lost like three friends to heart attacks. I've lost countless people to cancer. All right. Okay. And it's really sad. And I miss all of those people. And it would be nice to watch a football game and not be reminded of it. It feels like more it should be on the news. Or a billboard. Sports are supposed to be an escape. I feel that's just my own opinion, and I'm entitled to it, and I can have that, okay, without you coming at me and calling me sexist. Um, 
Anyway, and you're also really late to the party because I did a bit about this on a talk show one time and it fucking killed as far as I remember. So anyway, all right. Well, you know, maybe someday I can fucking be as enlightened as you are and set aside this pandemic. (laughs) Okay. Lady listener, fucking above your pay grade. Oh, fucking above your pay grade. All right. So now I, I read this in a different contest. This woman is talking about banging somebody, I guess, better than you are. Um, dear Bilbo T. Baggins, I'm a lady listener. Now, why would you say you're a lady listener? That is sexist and offensive to women. And I'd like to share a female female perspective to help balance out your podcast. Oh, Jesus. Well, yeah, I've been asking you guys to write in. You know, I mean, granted, I don't say anything that makes you want to write in other than tell me to go fuck myself like that pink lady did. By the way, this is my favorite podcast, so thanks for your work on it. No problem. Anyways, I often hear men complaining how hard it is to make to make women like you. I think you missed something here. Yeah, you kind of missed something. I often hear men complaining how hard it is to make women like you, what, bang them? Uh, Because the next sentence is that you need to trick us into fucking you. I can understand that it's hard to woo a woman. Uh, No, you can't. Unless you're a lesbian. Unless you've actually had to hit on a woman to have sex. You have no fucking idea. I had this conversation with my wife one time. She was telling me one time, she goes, you know, guys just say the dumbest shit, you know, to you at a bar and blah, blah, blah. I said, all right, let's flip the tables. Let's say I was controlling I was in control of my desires, and you had to come over and wow me. Hit me with an opening line. She had nothing, and I was being a cunt to her. And she goes, you're just making this difficult, more difficult than it needs to. And I said, welcome to my world. Anyway, who is more attractive? Okay, I can understand that it's hard to woo a woman who is more attractive than you. Uh, But if you try to fuck someone as ugly as you are, I'm pretty sure they'll say, okay. Um, No, that's not how it works. However, a few men want to date a woman who is at their level physically, and I respect that preference. But let's flip the script and see if that argument still holds water. Well, I mean, first of all, you're talking about something you don't know anything about, which is hitting on women. And actually, hitting on women who are better looking than you is not a hard thing. It's a confidence thing. All right? And then the the PED way of getting a better looking woman is to make a bunch of fucking money. But that doesn't count. I'm talking you're sleeping on a futon. You're going in there. You're like Damone. You don't care if she comes, stays, lays, or prays. You got the fucking attitude, right? That shit. Yeah, I know some legends. Legends. Who are probably, I mean, at best, sixes. That are absolutely, they've been crushing it for decades. Because they're confident. And they know, and they, they just worked on it. They worked on it the way you work on a fucking jump shot, and they are fucking amazing at it. So I think a lot of men, they don't want to put the work in, and they can't get past. It's like people doing stand-up. The reason a lot of people want to do it, but they never do it because they're so worried about bombing and the pain of that. You have to push through that until you're, you're bulletproof. You don't care. You don't care who gives a fuck. You just move on to the next show. Um that's what I would say. But what do I know? I'm just a sexist guy. So she goes, let's flip the script, which is fair, because that's what I did with my wife when I made her hit on me. Oh, she bombed. Whew. Oh, she bombed. 
She's like, hey, how's it going? And I just looked at her like, ugh. <laughs> anyway, but let's flip the script and see if that argument still holds water. I'm a woman. Uh, do you think there's any way in hell I can convince a guy who was an already 100% physically attracted me to want to fuck me? Um, I have no idea. I'm not a woman. Let alone date me. I have no idea. It's way harder for women to impress a man with anything other than her looks. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's why you guys walk in with half your fucking hoo-ha hanging out. So you can get some drinks. Um, <laughs> I assume... That wasn't a joke. You meant that. I assume your next point is probably that I'm... I assume that your next point is that I'm probably ugly. Why would I say that? So that's why I'm saying this. I wouldn't say that. It's just... Listen, I'm a dick. I'm not fucking mean. At least I don't think I am. I'm not the most beautiful girl in the world, but I do get some attention. I'm cute enough to get by. You sound like a keeper to me. You know? You're not the most beautiful girl, so you know what that means? You probably got a great personality. And then, you know, not everybody's coming up to you, so when somebody does, you appreciate them. I mean, that's, you know... You date some hottie. Jesus Christ, they're walking around like, you know... I remember going on dates a few times, right? A few times when I actually got a beautiful woman to go on a date with me before I met my wife. Not saying my wife isn't beautiful, all right? But by then, I was in my 30s, and I just didn't give a fuck. So that's when I started, you know, doing all right. But in my 20s, a couple of times, I went out on dates with this one beautiful woman in particular. And the entire time I was in the restaurant, she was just looking around to see who was looking at her. And I put it all on me going, I'm not holding her attention and blah, 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 blah. And then years later, I was just like, she couldn't help it. You know, we were like 21 or something like that. All of a sudden, the whole world's paying attention to her. That must feel amazing. (laughs) What's she going to do? Look across the table at me? Um, So anyway, she goes, so I'll put it to you and your lovely loudmouth wisdom. Is there anything a woman can do to fuck or date outside of her lane i've seen men do it frequently yeah we do we usually do it one of two ways you're either funny or you you have a level of success i've seen women do it less often but how i'd love to get your perspective and also that of the lovely nia i gotta have nia out here it's just hard you know she has to watch the kids when i come out here uh, it would be even cooler if she agrees with me on some of these points. Well, I'm not going to debate any of your points other than like hitting on women. But that other stuff, I don't know what it's like to be a woman. Um, thanks and go fuck, your, fuck yourself, pussy perspective detective. Well, why don't some other women write in about this? I would think... Um, universally speaking, the hardest thing is finding somebody that deserves your love. You know what I mean? Because I could give you an easy example of something that will make a guy hang around is if you cook for him. Because no women do that. Because just even suggesting that is considered sexist when the reality is cooking for somebody is one of the nicest, sweetest, loving things you can do for them. Now, if they don't appreciate it, and they're like, where the fuck's my fucking club sandwich yeah then you you start feeling like that but like uh i love cooking for my wife i love cooking for my family and because it's the way that i show that i care about them so i would think things like that 
or uh, I don't know, if you're into the same type of shit, if you're into sports, if you're into something where there's an overlap or something like that, or if you like funny or something like that. I'm just going by me, you know? My wife was fucking hilarious. Um, and she was just into this, all of this stuff. You know, she's the one who got me into Steely Dan. I'm fucking in Harlem with an African-American woman and she, she's playing me a Steely Dan album. I was just like, who is this? How many layers is going on? She just was really interesting. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, so you want to date a better looking guy? Yeah, why would you want to date some fucking slob or some bald bastard like me? I would say, yeah, uh, I also think like if you if you do activities, which is hard during this pandemic, you know, what I mean, I always found like it was way easier if everybody's supposed to be there, that everybody kind of had their guard down and you could kind of feel the vibe of who somebody was. Whereas you go into a bar and everybody's kind of got their guard up, right? The guys are on the prowl. The lady's like, oh, Jesus, look at this fucking creep over in the corner with the chest hair, right? Those places are not good to meet people. But um, I got to be honest with you, like. I can only give you advice from the male perspective. So I imagine there's a bunch of women rolling their eyes. But I can tell you that, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll get Nia to come on here at some point, like how to do that. Because um, I, I don't know. I'm not going to fucking be a hypocrite here and now act like I know what the fuck you need. I don't know. I don't know what you can do. There's got to be a book on it, right? That's what I don't understand about incels. There's books on how to get women. Like, why would you hang out with a bunch of other people who aren't getting pussy? <laughs> it's like, I don't know how to fix a car. Neither do I. Hey, let's sit around and talk about it. The car will never run. All right. Sugar in the house debate. Hey. Hey there, Billy uh, birthday cake tits. I know. I still got them. I'm a huge fan and just saw you at one of your sold-out shows at the Fox Theater in St. Louis. You fucking nailed it, and it was a dream come true. Now down to business. Nice. Thank you for coming out to the show. You know, I did that movie. I stayed right across the street at that hotel. Uh, Recently, I cut out all added sugars. I noticed I had a serious addiction and decided I really needed a change. I got a baby girl uh, the same age as your son. I want to make sure I'm around for her. As much as possible. Yeah, nothing like kids to get you to fucking straighten up. To my problem in perspective, I drank three tall cans of Arizona Arnold Palmer's every day. Anytime my girlfriend had sweets in the house, I always ate it all. Sometimes even before she got a chance to have some. I had a hard time with self-control. Oh, yeah, dude, I've been there. I've been there. I have a 600-pound person inside of me. I just... My wife brought home these chocolate fucking uh, croissants. And there was two of them sitting under the, the little cake thing, you know? One of those glass things, stands you put a cake on. And I saw them. And not only did I think of eating one, I thought of taking both of them and putting ice cream in the middle of it and making a fucking sandwich. <laughs> I just don't do it. Anyway, person goes on to say, I made it a rule to keep out all sugar from the house as well so I wouldn't give in to any temptation. Within two months of simply cutting sugar out of my diet, I dropped 20 pounds. Wow, no exercise or anything. 
I was really fucking proud of myself. After a while, a little while, my lady started bringing candies back into the house. Yeah, you're a couple of junkies. Somebody's going to go score some heroin, then you're going to be back on the fucking junk. I asked her several times not to, or at least hide them in a spot where I'm never in, at the, uh, never at in the house or where I can't get to them at all. She kind of bit my head off saying, well, you should have better self-control. There you go. Well, that's nice. Um, While that is true, I think putting sugar back in the house is the equivalent of stocking up the fridge with a recovering alcoholic's favorite beer months into the process. Um, This is what you should have done. When she said... Well, you should have had better self-control. You shouldn't have said anything back, and you should have just walked out of the room. I'm just going for a walk. And then come back, and then just be chill and wait for her to bring it up again. And then just be like, all right, can we talk about this now like adults? All right. Like, I want to be around for my daughter. Why are you getting mad about that? You got to come from that place. But if the discussion starts with, well, you should have better self-control. You wrote like five exclamation points after. Like it's not, you're not going to work it out. I'm big on going for walks. It's another way to drop weight. (laughs) Just go for a walk. You just walk out of the room. That's what I, I try to do now. Anyway, the guy said, I've said that same thing to her several times, but she gets mad and makes a big deal out of it. Going as far as saying, fine, I guess... I just can't have anything I enjoy in the house anymore. Yeah, she's fiending. No matter how careful or nice I'll ask her, she'll always make it all about her. I've told her a ton of times that she should respect my addiction, but she always gets pissed off and turns it into a huge argument for some reason. Well, probably because you dropped the weight and she doesn't have your willpower yet. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're in a couple situation and they're... They're cool with the fucking dad bod or the the fucking, you know, little extra pounds you have as a woman. They can get, like, insecure if you start losing weight and looking good. They they get, you know, shit is changing. It makes them feel like you're going to get rid of them. Like, all kinds of shit happens, dude. Like, dropping 20 pounds, like, fucks with the balance of your relationship. It's really weird. Um, anyways, he says, this shit really pisses me off, and I can tell mentally I'm starting to break. Yeah, because... She's able to go off on you, and you have to sit there and act like you're trying to figure out which wire to cut so the bomb doesn't go off. Um, so you, can you settle the debate for us? Should she respect that I have an addiction and keep the sugar hidden? Should she respect that I have an addiction and keep the sugar hidden? Or do I just need to suck it up and have better self-control? Uh, P.S. The East St. Louis woke bits were the funniest jokes I've heard in my entire life. Much love to you and your family. Um, oh, he was in St. Louis, not Atlanta. Okay. Um, well, let me ask you this, sir. If your wife had a sugar addiction and she told you not to put any sugar in the house and then you brought it in after a couple of months and then she said she was willing to let you have it in there if you hit it, would you do that for her? If the answer is yes, then I don't think what you're doing is out of line. Um, I also think you need to have better self-control also. Like, I have booze in the house. I don't drink anymore. <clears throat> I got to tell you, after a while, I don't even see it anymore. Like, my wife told me, I asked her where something was. She goes, it's underneath the bar. 
And I was and I was thinking literally like a bar, like a like a like a ballet bar or something. What what bar in the kitchen? What are you talking about? She goes, the bar. I was like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Because I go in there, and to me, it's I don't even see the booze. Just underneath, I know there's batteries, right? I got kids, and their fucking toys need a bunch of batteries. So that's where I'm at. So um, it's a little bit of both, but you know, I don't think it's fair that she's going off on you like that, and you have to sit there, you know, especially when you're making a choice that's going to be better for everybody. That she should be reacting like that. I don't think that's a very mature thing for her to do. And, uh, yeah, she needs to be more mature about that. And that's just something that, you know, I don't know. She'll either accept that if she's an adult or she won't, or maybe she will in a few weeks. But, like, that, my big question is if you're asking for something that you would willingly do without a fight for the other person and it's something you really need and it's going to not only make your life better but everybody else's, I don't think that's too big of an ask. Uh but I, considering she has such an emotional response to it, I think I would ask her what what is going on because there's something else going on beyond that. You know, women are so funny how they always do that. I guess I can't have anything I like ever again. <laughs> yes, that's it. Christmas is canceled. All right, prostitute or normal woman? Oh Jesus. Hey, Bill, I don't season my chicken enough burr. Oh, Nia would love that. I'm going to be straightforward and ask for your advice. Do you think I should continue seeing this one particular prostitute or should I just start fucking a regular girl? Is this a joke? I feel like fucking the prostitute because I don't have to worry about her getting pregnant and the head is amazing. Look at the look at the drop off on intellect when the second a guy writes it. <laughs> Although I'm scared of catching a disease. I'm in my early 20s and lots of women consider me attractive. The issue is I don't like dealing with people in general. It takes a lot for me to actually go out of my way to speak to people. I find even I find it even harder to find a woman I want to fuck just because I find most of them to be just plain boring. And you find the prostitute to be exciting. All right. Well, I think you, you maybe have some issues you might need to talk to somebody about. Uh, well, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, you're hanging out with a the prostitute. There's going to be a lot more drama. Um, keep in mind, I don't want a relationship right now. I just want to clap cheeks. Unfortunately, even that comes with drama. Although if I really like a girl, I wouldn't mind a relationship. Dude, you are not ready for a relationship <laughs> in any shape or form. Should I continue to fuck the prostitute or should I stop being a bitch and be patient with these other women? Thanks for the advice and I wish my hair looked as good as yours when I get older. All right, he's obviously breaking my balls. Um, I don't think you should do either. I don't think you should continue banging this prostitute. I don't think that you should uh, be in a relationship. I think you should maybe go to therapy and figure out why uh, you don't like being around people, why you find um, going to a prostitute better than, you know, why you find people boring and shit like that. Uh, I'd say, you know, I don't know. I don't want to superimpose my bullshit on you, but like, I don't know. It seems like maybe a little depression, maybe a little abuse growing up. I don't know what the fuck it is. I'm not a doctor. So I would, um, 
the best thing about your email is that you're not in a relationship with anybody. Uh, so what I would do is I would maybe go into therapy and try to figure out why you've ended up in this place. All right? Talk it out. Figure it out. Figure yourself out. When you feel like you're fucking ready, go and be ready. But don't, like, get into a relationship just because that's what everybody else is doing at your age because you're just going to break somebody's heart. You know, and God knows, you know, I would also get tested to see if you you fucking didn't catch anything. I would do all of that, you know? Yeah, all right, that's it. Okay, Jesus, some fucking deep emails this week. All right, that's it, everybody. That is the podcast. Um, Go fuck yourselves, and I'll check in on you on Thursday.